everyone, and welcome to Chesapeake Chats on the Hallmarkies podcast. I'm your host, Carrie, and of course, Casey is here with me today. Hello, friends. Yay! We are so excited to talk about Chesapeake Shores again. Maybe you thought because the season was over that we weren't going to chat about it anymore. No, 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 no. You would be wrong. We are bringing you another special bonus episode of Chesapeake Chats, and we have another great guest to um, interview today. So please welcome with me. Uh, we're so excited to have Mark Jordan Legan on the show. He is the co-executive producer and co-head writer of Chesapeake Shores season five. Mark, thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Well, we, you know, by now that we are fans of the show. We, we love this show. So we just can't believe that we're able to talk to the writer. So it's just a dream. It's so fun. Well, you know, as I was you know, saying to you before we, we started, I mean, I am such a fan of Chesapeake Chats. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's so nice to, you know, know that there's this, you know, rabid, I mean, rabid in the best possible sense, but there is a rabid fan base for the show. But, you know, to be honest, I, I, I stumbled across Hallmarkies. Yes. And found and then found your, you know, your your podcast. And then and then I, you know, I shared it with with Fief. And then he was like, oh my God. Um <laughs> but but you know, it just it became a wonderful thing because you know, when I could, I would watch it visually on YouTube, but yeah. of course mm -hmm. you have just the audio part. Yeah. And so when I was just driving, because Fief and I do both live in Los Angeles. Okay. So there's a lot of driving. <laughs> a uh, lot of podcasts. We would listen to the, you know, it, I would listen to the podcast while I was, you know, stuck in traffic. And uh, it certainly made time fly. But seriously, uh, we, we appreciate Chesapeake Chats. And you guys are, you know, just, you know, so smart and so articulate. And it really pleased us because as you guys proceeded to talk about the season, yeah, it made us feel so good because you guys got it. I mean, you guys got what we yes. Were kind of, we were kind of handed this situation, mm -hmm. and then in yeah. trying to make the best of this situation, yeah. you know, with Jesse Metcalf leaving at the last minute. I mean, it was less than two weeks from production. <laughs> I mean, we had already gone out and scouted locations for his scenes, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and so, you know, and again, I mean, you know, FIFA has been in the business a long time. I've been in the business for over 20 years. So, yeah, you know, you, you're supposed to learn that, you know, nothing should phase you. You have to roll with the punches, but. That's a big one though. Yeah. They that's, still that's play games to surprise you. Yes. You, know, yes. you think you've heard it all or experienced it all. And then something will come in from the, <laughs> the side and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, but to Hallmark's credit you know there's a new ceo there you know wanya right. lucas yes and and to her credit you know she even before the stuff and then we knew we were going to have to um you know write jesse out right right she kept saying and this made us so happy she goes i want it to be a family drama yes. mm -hmm. and yeah. to be honest you know and kc i also really appreciated in the um you know, in the interview you did with Fief, you know, you did your research. So you said, you and Mark have known each other for, you guys, yeah. have, you guys have really worked a lot together. And, you know, I don't mean to repeat ourselves, but yeah, Fief and I met in college. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll yeah. never let him forget this though. He's two years older than me. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so we've known each other forever and, you know, best men at each other's weddings and everything. Um, and we've, you know, we've worked a lot on our own and yet we've yeah. collaborated a lot. Um, yeah. But when she 
like so when you know in other words when when fief was up for the job to be the yeah. showrunner you yeah. know he reached out to me and he said hey you know and you know we had not watched the show i mean i had not watched the show mm -hmm. i was going to ask you that yeah no and you know not throughout of any kind of you know but you know i have two daughters there you know i'm and i was writing for other shows and you right, know right. You kind of tend tend to have you know laser focus on whatever you're working on exactly of course, of course. Steve, Fief had had experience with Darrow and Darrow and working for Hallmark in some capacity. Mm -hmm. But so he reached out to me and he said, hey, you know, if I get this or I end up accepting it, you know, I'd like mm -hmm. to really try and bring you in. Um, so take a look at, you know, so I, I, I binge, I watched all four seasons. Did you? <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, but I was also writing down like ideas to give him, mm -hmm. you know, that's also a tough job. You have to go in and there's already been four seasons worth of stories. Yes. And you can come in and come up with new stories and say, mm -hmm. hey, I might do this or what about this? And yeah. And I've been in situations like that where you come up, you start working for a show that's been on for a while and yeah. you know, you pitch something, they go, done it. Yeah. <laughs> you pitch something else, they go, done it. Yeah. You know. Right. So uh, you know, but so I, you know, I watched the show and you know, and again, like the cast, I was so impressed with the cast. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, um, you know, I was raised Catholic. Our name Legan goes all the way back. There's a town in Ireland outside of Dublin called Legan. Really? That's where <laughs> That's my cool. people come from. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and it's funny. I had a play of my just before the pandemic. God, guys, isn't that weird to remember back? Yeah. I know. What is that life? Pandemic. <laughs> but I was so lucky. In 2019, I had, a, I had a, a short play of mine done in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, that's cool. Sean O'Casey Theater, this legendary theater. And I'd never been to Ireland. And I, I got to go and they're doing my play. And I knew this town, you know, was like 50 minutes outside of, yeah. of Dublin. But as I talked to locals in Dublin, I was like, you know, it's it's Legan and that's my name. And I'm, I should go. They go, you don't want to go there. <laughs> I mean, they were like, it's the sticks. Yeah. There's one pub. If you go into that pub and show them your name's Legan, the guy would go, you don't say, what do you have? Right. <laughs> he wouldn't they care. wouldn't care. No. They wouldn't care. But, you know, but because of being Irish and Catholic and, you know, Fief's Irish Catholic too. Yeah. And you don't have to be that to write that. I mean, we've certainly written about things that we've had nothing, you know, no kind of yeah. heritage connection. Right. But I did connect with the O'Brien. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. But as I watched the show, you know, nothing again, but I, I didn't really care about Trace and Abby. Right. And I don't know, I know that was the big romance, but I wanted more of Treat Williams as Mick mm -hmm. and I wanted mm -hmm. more of the siblings. Yes. yes, yes. And so I kept saying to Fief, you know, I think the show is really the O'Briens. And so yes. to Hallmark's credit, you know, yes. this season, when they knew this change was gonna come, they said, look, we want a family drama. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's easy to say this and networks tend to say this, but they meant it. they were like, we want this to be, you know, our, our, this is us. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. And so that was wonderful for us to hear Yeah, because we knew that they want, they didn't want to shy away from conflict mm -hmm. and true drama. And yeah. also because Fief and I have a comedy background, you know, right. like <laughs> Fief, I've written drama, but I've also written a lot of comedy. 
Yeah. You know, I, you know, I worked on Grace Under Fire, that old show with mm -hmm. Brett Butler, and I was a yeah. punch-up guy for Carsey Warner, so I punched up the 70s show and Third Rock mm -hmm. from the Sun. Mm -hmm. But we were also interested in trying to add a lot of humor, not necessarily jokes, but, you know, right. humor from character, which I right. think we were really able to provide with Evan Kincaid. Yes. Oh, yeah, That's absolutely. Just the way this character was provided yeah. some real lightness. Mm -hmm. And that's and what the show liked, needed that. that. It did. Yeah. And, and that's what we liked is when fans started to respond and they really liked Evan. Yeah. They were like, this is like a breath of fresh air. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It really was. And to hear you guys, to hear the background of where you were coming from as writers, it, it truly sounds like you were able to actually come as a kind of a fan, like, hey, I want to see more of these other characters. Mm -hmm. I like these other characters. Let's write something for them. And you, you knocked it out of the park. I mean, you yeah. truly gave us- I really appreciate yeah. that. You know, and as I said, I have, you know, I have younger daughters. I mean, my God, now they're 21 and 26. Um, but when they were younger, mm -hmm. they were of the age and, and my youngest daughter loved Once Upon a Time. So yeah, I yeah. knew Megan Ori was. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. my daughter loved that show. She devoured. In fact, so when I told her, hey, I'm going to be writing on the show that, you know, Megan Ori is on, she was like, Ruby, Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <You know? laughs> and I was able to tell Megan that, you know, when yes. I, once I got to uh, got to know her better. I love that. Yeah. yeah. No, you all really nailed it on the head. I mean, as you probably knew, I was a little skeptical because I just, I the don't past four you. seasons were just, I don't know. There's just, there's a lot of things I found wrong with it. So when I was recruited into this, I was like, okay, you know, fresh faces, fresh writers, Evan Kincaid and all this stuff. And I was, I was very, like my reaction was genuine. I was not putting on for the podcast because I was recapping it. Like if I didn't like something, you probably would have heard it, but I genuinely really enjoyed it. And I was telling a friend who had, I think she watched maybe a season, like season one, and then just was like, eh, not for me. I was like, no, you need to watch season five. <laughs> yes. it's, it, it, it's reminiscent of um, kind of like Hallmark's version of seventh heaven. Cause you know, it's like that whole family. Yeah. Yeah. Some humor yeah. here and there. But it's a family, it's a, a legitimately a family drama. Yes. And these people are facing real problems that you would face. And the one thing I really appreciated this season was how the triangles were, um, were construed. And that was one thing I was very nervous about because sometimes triangles are not done well because you have the main lead and they're just wishy-washy back and forth and back and yes. forth. But yes. with Abby and with Bree, you have created them as confident women mm -hmm. but they have very varying uh, aspects that they need to consider when they're looking at you know jerry and luke or you know evan and jay and stuff yeah. and so i didn't feel conflicted myself when i i love jay but at the <laughs> same time i'm like okay i see the i see where evan is playing into this and i can see where her feelings would be a little more conflicted and it was more like true life than a wishy-washy like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. You don't make her sound like a floozy. Like, you know, it's, she's very confident in who she is. It's just, they're just two different people. I mean, that's exactly. just life. And, you know, we also, you know, rightfully so for any kind of series that is continuing that has some serialized storylines we inherited storylines and we had to deal with it so we mm -hmm. wanted to deal with the Dilfer thing you know we inherited that 
Right. Um, but then we, you know, and again, Andrew Francis was so happy that we gave him so much to do this. Oh, yeah. you, did. you did. You know, and, you know, and my dad, see, I grew up, my dad's a lawyer. And, and like, so I grew up in a house with, a, you know, with a lawyer and legal stuff. And so, you know, like, I, I mean, like, I, I, I found that racial inequality case that was based yes. on a real case. Mm-hmm. And I was so proud of that scene. Yes. And and Andrew hit it out of the park, but it made me feel good because my father, you know, after he watched that episode, he said, because, you know, like it is like lawyers will watch legal shows and go, oh my God, that would never like happen. Or, or cops watch <laughs> cop shows and go, are right. you kidding me? You know, but he said, he goes, he goes, that was, that was spot on. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and the other thing, to be honest, you know, my dad, when he graduated from law school and he was a first generation American, his parents were immigrants. Yeah. He, he tried to open his own shingle. I mean, that, that was all my idea of Connor after getting out of the shark filled corporate yeah. law firm that he was in was yeah. going to hang his shingle in his own hometown. And my dad did that. And his mom answered the phone. So that's why I pitched have Nell. <laughs> you know, but I, mean, I think that stuff worked because yes. it's from real stories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You could tell. You know, and not to get ahead of what might happen with Connor, because that won't be. But in real life, after a year, my dad was like, I've got to get out of this town. Right. Because everybody knew him. Right. You know, right. and you know, my, my dad's name, for better or for worse, is Herbert. But all these old immigrants are like, Herbie, Herbie. <laughs> you guys, like, they didn't expect him to charge them anything. Oh, they, yeah. they wanted, they didn't understand American law. No. And, and, and that's where we had that joke where Connor is like, in the beginning, he's like, well... I've got a property line dispute, you know, and a zoning yes. dispute. Well, one of the first cases my dad had was a property line dis- dispute <laughs> between two immigrants. Oh no. And and they hire Herbie and my dad has to go to court, but in in our American legal system, the two lawyers who are going to be basically battling each other, mm-hmm. you shake hands when you mm-hmm. when you first come into the courtroom. Okay. And this old immigrant saw my dad shake hands with the with the enemy, and he's oh. like, "It's all fixed. It's fixed." <laughs> and he's like, "My dad was like, no, that that's manners. That's right, so right. that's my dad was like, the hell with that, you know." And then my dad, you know, and then we moved to you know other places, and he became a lawyer in a law firm, and yeah, for travelers yeah. insurance as a lawyer, and but like all of that stuff though is all based on it's on so good. Stuff. Well, this is why this is why it had so much heart then. It had so much heart behind mm-hmm. these stories because they were based on stories from your past or ideas that you got from real life things. And that that definitely showed through. Yeah. And you know, I grew up with two older sisters who I'm very yeah. close with, and I have a younger brother. Yeah. So oh and I wrote a lot of the like that whole scene where uh um where Jess is trying on her wedding shoes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You know, that was one of the first things I, you know, it was kind of interesting when we first got up there um, and we had to like take all the trace stuff out. Yeah. We had to create Evan Kincaid. Mm-hmm. We right. had to get that approved by the powers that be. Mm-hmm. Cast it, start writing all the new Evan stuff. Uh, we expanded Luke Tatum. I'm just saying, so, so there were times though when we were like, is this episode gonna be a little short? And oh. so I was told, if you can write some standalone scenes. Oh, good. And we can put them anywhere, like maybe yeah. as a cold open. Yeah. And 
and so, and I remember it actually wasn't my sister's, but it was a friend of my sister's who, who <laughs> had broken in her wedding shoes. Gotcha. She, she had read it on a website, you know, I mean, so, right. <laughs> so, so I sat down and I quickly just wrote that scene. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of this, like, we'll film it and then we don't know where it will go. And then, so when it was put into the cold open of, I think, episode two, Mm -hmm. yes yeah very um, very quick but again just growing up with two sisters and everything and I have two daughters I you know I feel that I you know I, I do write women characters yeah. very well but mm -hmm. what pleased me so much because we were still new to the show mm -hmm. uh Lacey Maley who plays yeah. Jess yeah she got that scene and we're like okay read this scene because we're going to film it tomorrow and she texted Fief you know because she didn't know who wrote it but she texted Fief yeah. and said Oh my God, thank you so much for this scene. You know, it's just so much fun. I love the sister scenes. And you know, to Fief's credit, mm -hmm. he texted back, thank, thank Mark Jordan Lee. Ah, uh, that's mm -hmm. good. You know, yeah. um, but then like when we shot that, I thought they, and again, that's what my sisters would do. They would chase each other because right. they were pleasing <laughs> each other. You know, and then, and, and I actually think uh, Megan Ori ad-libbed that line. Could you bring back some wine? Yeah. <laughs> But I just, you know, I, I love those scenes with the yes. sisters. Yes. Yeah. We all sat on her couch and teased her about the whisk away. Yes. You yes. Know, that's my sisters. Yeah. You know, just, uh, just, this just is, this is so good. This is good to know because kind of answer some of my questions. But I do want to ask you these questions about like when you come on as with a writing team, how do you decide who writes what, who writes what scene, what episode, what, like, how do you divvy that up? Yeah, well, you know, and again, you know, the pandemic became a new normal and there was nothing normal about it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, so when, once Fief took the job mm -hmm. and then, you know, and then he wanted to bring me on. Well, I'd never worked for Hallmark before, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I had this, I'd written this drama pilot um, um, uh, and I'd always gotten great feedback on it and gotten a lot of meetings from it. So he gave them this drama pilot I wrote and they read it and they said, He's yeah, let's hire him. Let's hire him. But then, you know, we did bring on two people who had previously worked on Chesapeake Shores. Mm -hmm. Nancy Silvers, who's been yeah, there from Nancy the beginning. Silvers. Nancy's just fantastic. But we did want some continuance. You know, we wanted people who had been on the show. So if we didn't understand something or didn't quite understand yeah. the, uh, you know, the relationships. Mm -hmm. And then so Brian Ross was continued on also. Yeah. And then okay. we'd hired a new team of, of, of female writers. But but here's my point. So that's still a small room. Right. Two, three, that's about five. That's about five people. Right. Yeah. Six people, maybe. But we're all writing in 2020, not knowing what's coming. <laughs> right. You know. And then, you know, March 13th, I think, is when everything changed for everybody. Yes. That right. was when we realized that this is very bad. Yeah. So no more going to the office. No. And we tried to Zoom, you know, writing sessions. So you can, yeah. and it's a, yeah. that's a very difficult way to write. Yeah. And that limped along for, you know, a couple months. And then of course, you know, you can't blame Hallmark or any network or movie studio that was trying to figure out how they could keep making product. Yeah. But, you know, and we were, we were told at the start of the season, pre-pandemic, mm -hmm. you're going to do 10 episodes. Great. Yeah. And, but, you know, when you do these kind of serialized storylines, it's much different than standalone episodes. Of right, right. So you're going to do 10, great. But now we're hearing, okay, well, with the pandemic and now we're delayed and we don't know what's going to happen. 
we're gonna have to cut it to eight and we're like oh okay because you know it's it, oh, you start moving you know and then okay we're not gonna be able to film in april and of course they're talking about 2020 at this yeah point. You know, right. a normal schedule that we thought we were going to keep maybe june 2020 and then we'd hear uh, after the fourth of july 2020 yeah. but it's gonna have to be six yeah and that's when i was like really bummed because i knew to chop it all down what we had yeah. kind of planned yeah. to six it was just going to be truncated and forced yeah, yeah. and and then to Hallmark's credit, they just finally in I think mid-July said, you know what, we're putting a pin in the whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's just all step back. And that was the right thing to do, by yeah. the way. It was. Because Never. nobody knew what was going no. on. No. And right. What was safe. Yeah. But yeah. then to be honest, you know, the rest of the summer, FIFA and I, you know, we're in limbo. Like, are, are we even gonna get to make this thing someday? Mm -hmm. And so August goes by, September goes by. And then, you know, I don't even remember specific dates, but at some point Hallmark reaches out to us and says, you know, we're hoping that in 2021, <laughs> things will be okay enough on Vancouver Island at mm -hmm. least. Right. You know, cause the numbers did stay lower in Canada for a lot of reasons, but anyway. Um, but this is what was great is that um, Hallmark said to us, okay, yes, we were wrong to try and cut it down to six. Mm -hmm. let's take it back to 10 but what would it be now if you mm -hmm. know we're going to let you go back to 10 mm -hmm. and you know so FIFA and I sat down and wrote a very detailed document okay you know not a script but like a treatment you know like almost mm -hmm. a very detailed outline because we kind of knew what the first six were going to be and then we had to change everything and then cut those out so we kind of gave a detailed thing of what mm -hmm. it would be and from what we've heard since is that like, that's what got the green light for really? them to say, to say, let's do season five. Let's do good, a season good. five. Yeah, no, we were, we were thrilled, but yeah. also then had to just write a lot because we were trying to write the scripts. We were like, mm -hmm. we, we've had this delay, which yeah. is an unusual situation. If you can have right. all the scripts written ahead of time, that's, that's highly unusual in our mm -hmm. dramas. Sure. And then they had to be changed, though. Yes. Were those the ones? Those that, no. So we kind of went up there with, oh, boy, we're sitting pretty. We've got all 10 written. <laughs> and, you know, Mr. Metcalf's allowed to make whatever decisions he wants, but it happened. You know, I do want to just I, I'm sorry. I just want to say one thing. You know, it was not true, though, that that it had been written that they were going to break up. That was not mm -hmm. true. Ooh, that wasn't it, true. No, no. That wasn't true. We they they were gonna be together. Yeah. Um, but it so is. had these 10. And listen, you know, that's the other thing people forget about is it's show business. Right. Business. Yes. That's and exactly. also a TV set, a movie set, it's like an office. Mm -hmm. It's like if you go to work for an insurance company, there are there are tons of people you like in that office, and there's some people you can't stand. Right. And it's the same <laughs> on a set. So there are personality clashes, there are all kinds of clashes, and there are clashes with the people who work for the studio and work mm -hmm. for the network. And, you know, and it's a, it's a, you know, you're talking to 200 people on a crew too. Oh yeah. There's mm -hmm. a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, we weren't privy to that. You know, we were new to the show. And I think in mm -hmm. some ways that helped. There was a lot of fresh blood this year too, mm -hmm. by the way. Our director of photography, Kamal, he was new. Wow. And, and 
you know, you have to stay true to the look of the show, but mm -hmm, I thought right. the show looked amazing this year. You know, Casey mentioned something I noticed. It mm -hmm. seemed fresh. There was something yes. different about the cinematography this season. Yeah, and so, you know, Terry Ingram, who we love, you know, oh, the yeah. director, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he'd end up directing four of the 10, but yeah. I guess Terry had done a standalone movie with Kamal and they were look, and so Terry pitched Kamal Wow. So the Kamal was new and he kind of brought in his crew and, and, you know, there were a lot of people who had been there and they were all great too. But mm -hmm. once the drama happened and we find out Trace is leaving, you got to right. write him out. <laughs> and then Hallmark said, but we need a brand new leading man character. <laughs> oh, okay. And right. by the way, Thief and I are in quarantine while all right. this is going on. Right. We're stuck in a hotel room, <laughs> you know, for two weeks, which is, you know, I, I was fine till about day 10. Sure, sure, yeah. About day 10, I started to get a little batty, you know, yeah. but we're also trying to write. You know, we're right. trying to like, you know, figure this all out. And, you know, it's funny how writers, I've learned this from myself. Um, I just, I try and read and listen to everything because okay. you never know where an idea is going to come from right, right. and um and i think you guys know this i think fief mentioned but you know fief and i do a podcast as well we do yes. a podcast called film freaks forever uh -huh. you know because he's a huge film buff and uh, a little side thing i do i've been on national public radio i've been on npr for 14 oh. years mm -hmm. yes i saw that in your bio i think that's wonderful yeah and and it's funny i started doing pieces just on standalone film or weird film or you know and then one time they at the end of my piece a voice on npr said uh, that's writer and film historian Mark Jordan League. I went, wow, I guess I'm a film historian. <laughs> Instead of a guy with a lot of useless movie trivia, they've now legitimized it. Mom, I'm a, I'm a film historian. You know, um, if you're confident, if you're confident, Mark, you can just pass for anything. Right, yeah. absolutely. I just yeah. say it. <laughs> but, but, you know, so, so we do the, you know, we do this podcast once a month and, and it's it's really popular we hear from people in france and australia and the middle wow. east and it's great but but so and then that's that's why i kind of found you guys because i'm always looking for podcasts okay and i had found hallmarky that way just kind of i think just looking up you know podcasts and yeah. searching but my point is is that i had come across a podcast that you know i'd like to listen to podcasts when i'm taking my walk in la you know i'd walk mm -hmm. i try and walk at night um and there was a podcast called the hidden brain and okay. I highly recommend it. You know, it sounds very clinical, but it's not. This guy's like a Harvard professor, and he's more interested in the social study of the brain. Oh. Like, why do people do what they do? Right. Why do people work in the professions they work at? Mm -hmm. And so there was a podcast episode of The Hidden Brain that had Alan Alda in it, you know, the star of MASH, yes. and the yes. great movie mm -hmm. actor and everything. And I won't go into the details of that, but I enjoyed that one so much. I just listened to the next one. Okay. And the next one, it was fascinating. This guy, the host, was interviewing people who were finance managers for billionaires. Wow. And, I, and again, like, what a weird job. Right. <laughs> and because you're handling the money of a billionaire, you don't need more than one or two billionaires. And you, if you're getting 15% of that money, you're sitting pretty. Yeah, but, so, but again, like I never would have thought of that. And no. yet this guy started 
and so the interviewer says, what's the one thing about working for a billionaire that surprised you? <laughs> and this guy says, my phone would ring all the time at three, four, five o'clock in the morning. And I had to answer it. They're my client. Right. They're billionaires. They're powerful people. And they never wanted to talk money. They never wanted to talk investments. Mm -hmm. They were lonely. Oh. And, I, and a light bulb went off over my head. Yes. And not even for Chesapeake Shores. I just went, that is a great character. If you can figure out a character who's a billionaire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And has everyone thinks he has everything in the world, but what if this guy didn't? And and and, and in the podcast, they said the guy explained. He said, "You got to understand, most of them, not all of them, most of them are estranged from their family because mm -hmm. the family all they want is what's in the will. Right? Yeah. Uh, what am I getting in the will? Yeah. And they don't have any real friends because what do you want from me? Yes, exactly. You, want, you know, and and so they don't trust anybody. No. Right. No. So I just, I found that, that, so then when we, when we were told we need a new character, <laughs> I told FIFA about this podcast and I said, what if there's like this billionaire entrepreneur who's now getting into real estate Yeah. <laughs> and he comes to Chesapeake Shores, he hires Mick and Abby and he's like this guy. And, and to Hallmark's credit, they said, we really, whoever this new character is, we want him to be the opposite of Trace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, was be very kind of down and serious. And, yes. And, and, you know, and, and so I said, he should be like, you know, like a golden retriever, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, what's that? What's that? You know, like that Pixar movie, squirrel, mm -hmm. you know, right. um, uh, and I said, but, but, you know, he should come from no family and he should be mm -hmm. a self-made man. I want him yeah. to he, no family money. Yeah. He was poor. Yeah. And he, you know, and, and you know, this I, is I don't want to give away. I mean, what we what we also liked though was how we slowly revealed Evan's mm -hmm. story. You yes. Did. We appreciate that. But this is so fascinating to hear the just yeah, and I hope origin I'm not, story. I hope I'm not blabbing too much. As I told you, I've had two no. strong cups of coffee. My mom <laughs> makes the strongest coffee in the world. Give me some of that coffee, Mark. Yeah. Um, I love that. I, I, this, this is so fun to hear these behind the scenes stories and how you process as a writer. What yeah, but again, like listening writing. to that podcast, who would have thought that that would right. steer you? Yeah. To so, that? I have a question though about um, one more question about a writing team. How do you handle it when maybe one of you has a vision for the series or a character that you disagree with, and you're like, no, 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 they wouldn't do that, or we shouldn't do that. Right. It can't well, all that, be again. That's that's what I was saying. It was such an unusual situation that once we were up in Vancouver, yeah, for health and safety reasons, we weren't going to bring up the rest of the staff. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, Nancy has grandkids and, she, you know, and, and so, so she wasn't going to come up. Mm -hmm. uh, eventually, Brian Ross came up to just, you know, be a presence on the set. And he gets along great with the cast and everything because mm -hmm. he's been there for, you know, two previous seasons. Okay. So that's very, very helpful. Um, but once it was like, okay. And, and but uh, my point is we wrote up a two paragraph description of who Evan Kincaid. And by the way, he was called Evan McKenzie and the name didn't clear. Oh, you have clear names legally. It was Evan McKenzie in an article I wrote. I read. Yes, one of the press releases went out as Evan McKenzie. It but was. This, if there's one Evan McKenzie in Maryland, you can't call him that. <laughs> really? If, there, if there's three Evan McKenzies, 
you can go ahead with that character because you can say, oh, it's not based on you. It's based, I mean, isn't that silly? Oh, oh silly. interesting. Yeah, but that's why names always have to clear. There's a, there's like literally just an office that does name clearance and the and the name of a business. It's 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 a, it's strange, cool. necessary. Oh, okay, now that makes sense as to why sometimes I see names changing <laughs> yes. randomly. It's like, wait, yeah. I thought they were Joe and now they're, you know, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and also to be honest, uh, Luke Tatum, good name he was luke chapman and that didn't clear oh <laughs> interesting huh yeah. but so so we write up a two paragraph description of who evan who evan kincaid is we sent to hallmark and to their credit they went we love this <laughs> and we said he goes this is an optimistic guy this yeah. is a guy who he you know he has built this empire because he he trusts his own gut yes. he trusts his own instincts he's only ever had himself Yes. But he is a lifetime student. Yeah. You know, he's curious about everything. Yeah. He probably has ADHD. <laughs> um, he but he loves every, you know, he's just like he's just like that. And that's why I like throughout the show, you know, it'd be like, this is the best sandwich I ever had. And Abby calls him on it, you know, and he's like, Do they have good fishing here? Yeah. Oh, I've got to try fishing. Yeah. He, he's yeah. Got, you know, and he's just this odd guy, you know, and we wanted him to be that way so that Abby would be like irritated by him at first. right you know and she is she's so annoyed and mick you know at first is annoyed by him too yeah um and then they go to hallmark's credit they suggested robert buckley they oh well, okay. he we, had, we weren't aware of him and um and you know he had done that really good christmas house movie mm -hmm. and treat and treat played his father yes so what was great is once they um suggested rob Mm -hmm. treat called us and said hey i love this guy oh mm -hmm. good because okay. rob agreed to play the part without any without a shred of dialogue being written for him yet so what was his oh. intention like why how why did he say yes then to this to the show without he, he had his first baby coming Oh. That's why babies are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, I mean, in hindsight, you know, I'm going to go work on a Hallmark show. I've never worked for Hallmark. I have two daughters in college. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's the motivation. Right. No, I mean, I mean, Rob, all Rob had to read was those two descriptions. I mean, those two paragraph descriptions of his character. So he knew it was an interesting character. Yeah. And yeah. he loved Treat. And, you know, again, God bless Treat. Treat is the nicest guy is he? in the world. Yeah. But to his credit, you know, Treat's, God, he's had a 50-year career, right? Mm, yeah. And when he, when Treat read our first couple scripts, okay. he he was our fan, our, he, like he, he personally called each of us individually mm -hmm. and said, thank you know because we yeah. he already yeah. could see that mick was going to have a lot to play mm -hmm. yes yeah. yes so much character development so and, many good scenes yeah but so so then mick said to rob rob these guys are great i think you know you know trust it um but that's the interesting thing though rob was he knew his wife was gonna have so we also had to shoot a lot of evan's stuff all together because he had to be out of there by late june because his <laughs> oh, wife wow. was in early july yeah oh wow so he, he was really just thrown in there oh and absolutely and then i gotta tell you you know when he got the first script you know because episode three is when he finally appears mm -hmm. right right you know right. 
but I, I'll never forget. And Rob and I have become like the best of friends. We text and email each other all the time now. Um, and oh my God, his son is so cute. Oh, and his son has like <laughs> Rob Buckley hair already. You know, he, has, like, <laughs> he sent me a picture of his, of his hair. So it, it's genetic, obviously. Um, but Rob, Rob called me after like, I guess we were able to give him two scripts in a row, like here, mm -hmm. like episodes three and four. Yeah. And he called me and he was so happy, but he also said, he is like, I don't know how you guys did it, but you've got my voice, you know? And to be honest, <laughs> yeah. you know, to be honest, we went on YouTube to try and see as much of him as we could. Nice. And, and he was just on some talk show and you know, he's just naturally funny. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so we saw that we said, Oh my God, you know, he's very glib. He's very witty. Yeah. And so that helped. But then like, you know, Oh my God, he, he could just, you know, and then I pitched, I go, look, I don't want Evan to just walk into a scene. And I'd seen somebody on a hoverboard in Vancouver Island. I said, he should come in on a hoverboard. Beef <laughs> <And laughs> goes, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. But my point is, is we were under such crunch time. Fief and I basically wrote season five. Yeah. You know, I mean, we took the drafts that were already written, but, and that's what we were doing all weekends. Right. On the weekends, after we were done filming all week, Saturday and Sunday, yeah. we would have to break the stories. And then Fief and I have known each other long enough to answer your question about what happens when you disagree. Right. Yeah. I mean, it does happen, but we were in such a groove. Yeah this show yeah. that we would break the story and then Fief would go how about if I take this scene so he would take five scenes I would okay. take five scenes I'd go up to my hotel room yeah I'd write mm -hmm. those five scenes he'd write his five we'd wow. put them together you know wow. he would do the final pass then send them to but it, you yeah. know, and, and it, it it worked I mean there are it times when it did yeah. not work, but you know it just it just worked you know yeah. and and I got to say, there was something nice about because of the crunch time mm -hmm. and the executives on, from Hallmark who covered our show, uh, Lori and Kate, they were fantastic yeah. and they were so supportive. And, you know, we would get some notes sometimes, but lots of times they were like, we love this. Like, this is right. great. And yeah. And Hey Hallmarkies, it's time to take a quick break to talk about something super fun. How would you like to party with your favorite celebrities from the Christmas and seasonal movies that you love so much? If you enjoy watching romantic dramas on network television and streaming services, you don't want to miss the Rama Drama Live event coming soon in 2022. Spend the weekend escaping into the Rama Drama world and meeting your favorite on-screen celebrities like Trevor Donovan, Ryan Pavey, Andrew Walker, Jen Lilly, Wes Brown, Brittany Bristow, Aaron Cahill, Rob Mays, and more. These fan-focused in-person parties cater to movie lovers just like you. Make memories, leave with photos, autographs, swag, and an exceptional experience to last a lifetime. Join us in Palm Beach, Florida on January 7th through 9th, 2022 at the Palm Beach Convention Center. You can get more information and your tickets from ramadrama.com. Again, that's ramadrama.com. To their credit, as the season went along, they were the ones asking for more cliffhangers. <laughs> they, <laughs> okay. That's why there were so many in the finale. We were like, I okay. think we have enough. And they're like, no, more cliffhangers. And we're like, okay. And to their credit, they asked for like some more drama. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. You know, because I know fans, you know, look, I, and especially during the pandemic, there's a lot, there's a need for comfort food and escapism. Yes. Mm -hmm. But Hallmark provides that 23 hours yes. out of the day. Yeah. Right. And there still is a lot of comfort and, and, and feel good and laughs with this show. Yeah. But yeah. they wanted to have more drama. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, when Kevin and say, you know, we realized we were going to have them, you know, get pregnant, but mm -hmm. there was, we had already decided on the endometriosis mm -hmm. okay. as a real thing, you know, yeah. um, so that there could be difficulties. But we thought, gosh, I don't know whether there should be a, you know, a, a miscarriage or not. Mm -hmm. And to Hallmark's credit, they were like, no, yeah. no, we think, and we think you guys can write it mm -hmm. and the actors can handle it. Mm -hmm. And of course, um, you know, I mean, I'm just sharing personal stuff, but you know, my wife and I had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. My mom had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I think it's important. In fact, it, it touched my heart when that episode came out. A lot of fans on Twitter said, thank you. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, um, because Me they too. experienced it. Yeah. yeah, we both of us have experienced it. Yes, that's right. That's right. On the podcast, you shared that. And, mm -hmm. and you know, because here's the thing, I mean, and that was my problem a little bit with some of uh, of this previous seasons was I get it I get why you some people just want to be able to turn on a show and it, everything's fine and there's not much conflict and all that but that's kind of boring yeah uh, and drama needs conflict yes yes and I think you handled it appropriately it wasn't so heavy all the time like all 10 episodes wasn't this just heavy drama like oh you know I think because you handled it so well like okay so one sibling's up another sibling's handling something dramatic yes. or they're going through something and, and that's then life. go up and then somebody life. else will be experiencing something so I you know I think because it was it, there was such a good balance among all the siblings and it felt very like real life almost like I could just step right into Chesapeake Shores and kind of be involved in that family and that life I think that's why it worked really well and it wasn't anything you know nothing scary happened nothing traumatizing happened where it was like oh my gosh you know yeah it was just you know everyday life and what people experience and I think I think that brings the comfort to people too because mm -hmm. 2020 was such a weird year and yes we do like the fluff or whatever but we also like to see a little bit of normalcy and I think that's yeah. what this season really brought it was like oh yeah you know Right, and there was still the romance, you know, the buddy romance between Luke and Brie and Margaret. I mean, oh my God, how about that for oh, casting? Right. <laughs> Raylene, you know, a lot of people auditioned for that part. And that was one of those casting decisions where everyone agreed. Because that's the other thing too. Mm -hmm. You have like nine people who can give their say on a casting thing. And sometimes it's like, you can't believe the same people are watching. You know, like five will really? love this person and the other four will hate that person. But with Raylene, it was like, everyone was like, this is a slam dunk. Awesome. And from that first scene, just bringing in a box of legal files, her and Connor had instant chemistry. Yes, instant. Right? absolute chemistry. And, so fun. And, then, and we also loved, we knew that once he left the firm, we were just going to have her go away for two episodes and then show up. We knew that she was going to start working with him yeah. at the law firm. Yeah. But to just go back for a minute, you know, just to the miscarriages, um, oh, yeah. you know, we also wanted to show, cause you know, I, I, this is like a life lesson I try and teach my daughters is that, you know, life is going to kick you in the teeth mm -hmm. yeah. all the time. 
but with the love and support of a family yeah you can get through anything yeah and Mm -hmm. you know and so you know i wrote the scene between uh barbara niven and jessica oh uh and 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 everything Mm -hmm. barbara niven said to her to jessica is what my mom and my wife relayed to me yeah. That you wouldn't yeah. wish it on anybody, but you are going to come out stronger yeah. on the other side and you're going to learn that you are stronger than, you know, I mean, and I got to tell you, I mean, I was, we, there wasn't a dry eye on the set when we shot yeah. that. And I thought mm-hmm. Jessica, I mean, that's some of the best work she's ever oh, done. Yeah. I mean, it was so raw and Barbara Niven too. Barbara mm-hmm. Niven brought it this year because mm-hmm. we gave her a lot to play too. Right, yeah. right, you did. <laughs> You know, her and Jess, and I, we so appreciate the fans saying, finally, I've been waiting five years. Oh, yes. <laughs> we need them to closure. Or, we need a yes. closure. Yes. You know, and you know what's funny? This is a little behind the scenes stuff. No one on the on the viewing audience was ever going to see the email. Okay. That mm. Jess sent her. But was but, it written? Yes, I wrote it. I wrote it. You did. It. You wrote and I, it. And I sent it to Lacey. I said, Lacey, how's this? And she goes, it's perfect. And then, and then I did. And then, and then, so Barbara read the email, you know? Oh. So again, that's like a little thing. Cause there could be a blank screen there. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. No, but that's, you know, and, and, you know, that's why I love that line from David when he, when she shows it to him and she goes, is it that bad? He goes, it's that honest. It's that honest. Yeah. But that's so good because I would think that personally, those characters, the women who play those characters, they would want closure for their characters. Mm-hmm. Like they would want to see and hear some of the stuff that would be said, even if it wasn't filmed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. yeah and you know, also, we were very proud this year that, you know, even, and by the way, oh my God, Brendan Penny, when he comes to tell his, that's the best acting, I, you know, and, and again, mm-hmm. I become very close to Brendan. I think Brendan is such a good actor. I think he's an underrated actor. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, every actor is different. Brendan can't watch himself. Oh. You know, a lot of actors will totally watch the dailies, watch the cuts, right. watch the show. Right. He, he, he's just, you know, and I know act, actors like that. Apparently Adam Driver not only doesn't watch himself, he literally has a phobia about it. Really? Yeah. So everybody's different. You know, everybody's different about that because I know a lot of actors, they not, they do want to watch themselves because it's like an athlete watching videotape of their swing and they right. can see, Oh, only by watching it. Can they go, okay, I see Good I could point. have done that better or, or mm-hmm. wow, that really did work. Yeah. I just Good gave point. them a look. And yeah. it's all there. Right. But yeah. this was so sweet. The rest of the cast, and they are, they're so close. They're mm-hmm. like a family. The rest mm-hmm. of the cast told Brendan, you know, they just called him and said, My God, man, that's that worked. So he did watch, he did watch the finale. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that he did. Do you know what he thought about it? What did he think about oh, it? He was, he was, he was blown away and he was so impressed and he was just so thankful, you know, for the writing and everything. Mm-hmm. But he, but they brought it. But but my point is, is I love that. First of all, and it was just so raw and honest. It was, you know, that's yeah. what I, no matter what I'm watching, theater, movies, TV, I just, for acting, I say, do I believe them? Yes. Do I believe them? <laughs> you know, uh, because, and there's nothing worse when you watch some of these actors on film and they're just dead-eyed. There's yeah. nobody home. No. 
they're saying the lines, but you just, and then like when you watch like Meryl Streep or Julianne mm-hmm. Moore, you know, there's, yeah. there's a thousand things going on in their eyes. Right. You yeah. know. Well, that, that is so cool. And you gave them something to work with. And Casey has said this before, but it's really, you elevated this season with mm-hmm. your writing so that the actors can shine. And so that even the location, like Chesapeake Shores itself can right. shine. And you just really elevated this. That's right, Casey, you've said yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yes, absolutely. Well, I greatly appreciate that. And, and by the way, Casey, for you to have that as your backdrop, can you imagine, like I had never been, I'd been to Vancouver before. Mm-hmm. I right. shot a pilot in Toronto years ago. I'd, I'd done some, a project in Montreal. I'd never been to Vancouver Island. And listen to me, it is more beautiful than even the show shows. Really? I mean, yeah. when we have to shoot there at the O'Brien yeah. house, yeah. I mean, every day I would pinch myself. I'd go, I am so fortunate. I am, yeah. so, you know, yeah. I, I mean, that place is special. It yeah. is really special. And look, and, and from being at the real Chesapeake Bay, of course it doesn't look like that. There's no mountains. <laughs> But you know what? It's television. It's yeah, it's fine. fine. You know, it's, it's fine. fine. Um, right, yeah. But, um, you know, that scene when Brendan goes to, you finally has to confide mm-hmm. in them. And then when Mick and Megan confide, we know what you're talking about. We mm-hmm. lost a baby too. Oh, and then my Megan gosh, yes. is able to share that that happened after Jess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That helped answer a lot yes. of stuff and you know what and i'll share this because look the season's over this is a post season five mm-hmm. podcast and i know people are aware of this and i'm sure you're aware of this you know you know uh, we're an hour show but it's about 45 minutes of actual right. show mm-hmm. right. and there's about 15 minutes of commercials as you well mm-hmm. know and there are times when you know we'll go into editing and we're six minutes long yeah and you got to cut those six minutes where from where exactly and that is some of the hardest stuff to do now of course what you end up having to cut is you have to tell the story so you can't Mm -hmm. cut plot right you know and there's so many good scenes that it's obvious you can't cut that but so lots of times you just you got to trim here you got to trim there and and uh you know it's very interesting though um and I know I'm jumping all over the place, but um, okay. there's a really good standalone scene when Brie is all nervous about teaching her first class yeah. and she's in the park, you know, worrying and Kevin walks by and she asks Kevin for his help. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. right. And yes. it was, a, but again, me and my sisters, he teases her, you know, he's like, yeah, you a teacher. And she goes, well, I'm sorry, but you're my younger sister. I saw you eat mud. Right. <laughs> and she goes, and she goes, you know, well, you gave it to me. He goes, well, right. Abby told me to. You know, they get completely <laughs> off track. Right. Anyway, it was a very funny scene, yeah. but it wasn't necessary. Right. You know what right. I mean? I mean, it was great. And it, and it did continue the story that she was nervous, but it wasn't essential. Right. Right. So we actually had cut that from an episode. And Hallmark called us and said, where's that scene between Brian and, <laughs> and Kevin? And we said, well, we had to cut it. They said, you got it. So it, it ended up back in three. You know, yeah. it was one of these free floating scenes. Mm-hmm. So that's lovely. But, it's so lovely. But listen, there was a scene um, between Nell and Evan. You okay. know, you can tell Nell likes him, right? Yes. Yes. And the way yes. she cooks for him and brought him muffins <laughs> and the yeah, blueberry crumble. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember he makes an omelet in the kitchen for Mick? Yes. yes. 
and then they go see the plane. That was such an amazing right. scene, right? Mm -hmm. And then they come back and we actually, so in the episode, we just pick up with them drinking beers. He's mm -hmm. opening yeah. his beer for yeah. him. Well, in, in the episode, prior to them opening beers, they're sitting down with the beers and Mel comes out. And you know, it's a, look, you, this happens on every show. You lose this stuff. Yeah. yeah. And maybe on the DVD box set, we can do, you know, a deleted scene. <laughs> but Nell comes out and goes, um, did you make an omelet this morning? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. You didn't clean up after yourself. <laughs> and he goes, and he's a billionaire. Of course right. he didn't clean up after himself. He has made it. But he goes, he, she goes, you didn't clean up after yourself. And he goes, yeah. That's a bad habit. And Diane Ladd goes like lasers and goes, yes, it really is. <laughs> and then she turns around and walks off and Evan looks at Mick and goes, oh no. She's, you know, she's so mad at me. And Mick goes, ah, she'll get over it. <laughs> and that was based on my mom. Like if mm -hmm. I don't do my dishes here, oh my God, I'm in the doghouse. <laughs> trouble. You know, that's trouble. just an example of a nice, yeah. you know, in other words, nobody missed it. Nobody knew better. Nobody right. knew more. Nobody's the wiser. Yeah. But it is interesting that there are these nice little things. Yeah. But when Meg, when Megan mentioned that it was after Jess, one mm -hmm. thing I really missed yeah. was we did have a scene between Mick and Megan. Mm. Oh. And it, they bring up the you know the miscarriage but then the, when it happened after Jess he says yeah I didn't handle that well at all mm. and he goes I would handle it better now and she goes we would handle everything better now Aww. but like just that you so you know you know because he's even said even when he finally broke down in front of Megan Ori you know mm -hmm. Abby this year yeah. and admitted that summer was so tough on him yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, but he says, he goes, but, you know, it's my generation. We have to be strong for our kids. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, he's that generation that you don't talk about it. Right. No. No. But obviously, if, 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 if Megan was going through postpartum from the miscarriage mm -hmm. yeah. and depression from the miscarriage yeah. mm -hmm. and he's not there for her and he is working 17 hours a day and she's got five kids, you know, yeah. yeah, it just helped it helps it fill in some gaps. Yes. Some big yes. gaps. Big but I gap. think this is kind of cool. Like you, it's how one generation can learn from the other. Because sure, he's not from that generation. But now as he's older and he sees the value of addressing something and talking openly about it and clearly about it. Now we get the benefit of seeing his growth mm -hmm. from that. Because his children are coming back and they want to, to solve this family mystery, you know, and become mm -hmm. more of a happy family. Yeah. But um. It's, it was such great growth for him over this yeah. season. Oh, they, the <laughs> actors were, I mean, that's just it. I mean, FIFA and I, we, it was such a joy to write for all, for all of them. I mean, for yeah. all of them, all yeah. of them. You know, that's just it. The cast themselves, <laughs> they were so pleased because like, um, I remember when the couple of the scripts came out and I think it was, it was either Amelia who plays Brie mm -hmm. or um, Megan who plays Abby, but they said, Hallmark's going to let you have Luke be an ex convict <laughs> and we were like yeah you know because like that you know that th they normally wouldn't do that i mean he's not just no. a character who moves through town and he's a shady guy right this is a major character and he and you know what that's the other thing you know 
when FIFA and I were really kind of finishing up the season, we said, you know, this season is really about redemption. Yeah. Because yeah. Luke Tatum, you know, through a, through a series of just bad mistakes in a bar, his life mm -hmm. is ruined. Mm -hmm. And we really researched that, you know, with my dad being a lawyer too, we knew a lot about ex-convicts and everything, mm -hmm. but like it, they make it so hard for you to not go back to prison. Yeah. Right. There are so many jobs you can't get. Yeah. And, and so like, you know, in our backstory, Luke had been out for about seven months. Okay. Okay. And no, like Mick, Kevin and Mick were the first people to be kind to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that scene at the truck, by the way, when we filmed that, that night at the truck, when Luke finally tells him the story mm -hmm. of what oh, happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. I mean, yeah. Treat That's... and Steven were, you know, we yeah. were, like, when it was done, like, I mean, people applauded. I mean, it was just like, mm -hmm. we couldn't believe it. But so like literally because he meets the O'Briens and Bree, mm -hmm. Luke is getting redemption. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Evan Kincaid, even though he has all the money in the world, he has no family. No mm -hmm. family. He's no. never yeah. had that. Mm -mm. And he's literally getting redemption from the O'Briens. And isn't it wonderful how Mick has become literally the father he never had? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that, that line reading that Treat gave when he says, Evan, if you want to come over, you can just come over. You don't <laughs> have to make up an excuse. Yeah. And Rob just relaxed after yeah. he said that the family photos mm -hmm. the, yeah. like he never had that yeah raised yeah. by a single mom yeah you know she yeah. died in front of him when he was 18 yeah in a car accident yeah you know um yeah. and then also in a in a lesser level arthur driscoll is redeemed because mm -hmm. he meets the o'briens yeah his that's wife true. elaine dies he shuts himself off from the world yeah that's true Mm -hmm. And through Megan and then Nell, who knew his wife, but then once he sees Carrie's artwork, mm -hmm. it revitalizes him. Right. And he literally yeah. wants to like pass on to her. Yeah. That. So it was really nice that through these three new supporting characters, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we were showing that the O'Briens are the best thing that ever happened to them. They are, but you know what is kind of cool because sometimes you get this message that like, you know, like in order to help others, you have to help yourself first and you know, all this stuff. But I feel like it kind of actually goes hand in hand. It's one foot in front of the other. Like maybe you're helping yourself, but you also are looking to serve others. You're looking to help them. You're looking to bring them a part of the family. And it really, you can't heal one without reaching out to the other, mm -hmm. you know? So the O'Briens really really showed that this season there was some depth there to their mm -hmm. healing yeah. because yeah. of these people that they're were being family to yeah yeah absolutely mm -hmm. and you know with Nell we were I mean, you know god I love Diane Latt. you know that's just a <laughs> Fifa and I being film film historians we know everything she's done yeah we knew, Ooh, everything, nice. treat, we knew everything treat had done mm -hmm. but like yeah. when I met <laughs> Diane Ladd for the first time I said your first movie was with Steve McQueen the Reavers and she was like how did you know that? You know, but like <laughs> it was such a joy, like in between scenes, I would just, I would I said to her, who's the best actor you ever worked with? She goes, Christopher Plummer without like, without blinking an eye. She goes, Christopher Whoa. Plummer. I go, who's the nicest actor you ever worked with? She goes, Paul Newman. Oh, of course. But I mean, you know, I mean, she's worked with everybody. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, she really and, has. But you know what I mean? It's like a two way street. Mm -hmm. She saw like how much we respect we had for her and she was so grateful yeah. and appreciative of the writing 
because yes. Nell had so much fun to do. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, her her answering the phones and talking people out of using a lawyer. I know. Well, you <laughs> know such a good character for her. You know, yes. she wasn't just a throwaway. The yes. grand character. Or just come in and give a line of wisdom and then leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, and that's the other thing too is that you know Jessica, who plays Sarah. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Kevin and Sarah are adorable, but she was so appreciative. Like, like when she finally had that scene with Jess. Yeah. Yes. I think this is the first scene I've ever had without it being Kevin in the room. Yes. Yeah. I you think, know, and, yeah. and, and mm -hmm. then there were a couple of times when like Brie even like Amelia said, like, I don't think I've ever just sat out at the point with one of the sisters and mm -hmm. had this scene on the bench. And, and, you know, Kevin giving advice to uh, Abby when she was really still trying to get over Trace yeah. and they had that scene on the log looking yeah. out in the water. Yeah, yeah, you know, such so, a good scene. It, but it yeah. was just nice to kind of, without, without us even, you know, planning it, you know, just shaking things up. But the actors were certainly well aware mm -hmm. of what they had and hadn't done yeah. before. Um, but and yeah. they were appreciative, it sounds they, like. They were so appreciative. They were so appreciative. Yeah. And, and um so gracious and and you know and and as i said i mean we become and by the way you know treat williams is a real film buff so okay. my god did fifa and i connect with him because <laughs> you know, he rents a house most of us stay in a hotel um you yeah. know he rents a house on vancouver island and it has a screening room Ooh. and so you know even though almost every weekend fifa and i were writing he would say look you know Take a break. Come over Saturday night, and we would watch movies together. Oh, that's you've had him on your podcast, Film Not Freaks. Not yet, but we're going to. You we're should. We're yeah. definitely going to have him on just to talk about his career. I yeah, mean, yeah. You know, um, but great. I'm just saying. So he's a real film buff. So sometimes he'll like you know we wrapped in July. I mean, he called me two days ago just because I recommended an old movie to him, and he loved it. And we talked oh, about. Oh, I movie. love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Casey, did you want to um? I mean, we need to possibly talk about this finale. Yes, we do need to talk yeah, about the, the cliffhanger and which I called. <laughs> I expected a cliffhanger. I was thrown off the cliff into the Chesapeake <laughs> Bay. <laughs> so many. So many. Um, so cliffhanger city, we have Mick and Megan. We want to know, is Connor dead? <laughs> and who did Abby call? Well, Abby? as you... <laughs> You are you are you are lovely ladies, but I would get whipped if I shared <laughs> such laboratory secrets with you. Just a few. I mean, come on, just a few. <laughs> now, what? Now, I assume are you now um, starting to write, get ideas for a you know hopeful well, season six? Do you know, you know when mean, they're going to renew season six or Chesapeake Shores? Well, you know, first of all, that press release was lovely yesterday. I mean, mm -hmm. that really, I mean, that, that certainly, fingers crossed, makes everybody cautiously optimistic that, yes, we're going to have a season six. Number again, one. Number season, one. I, yeah, number one scripted series on cable. We are so proud of that. Yeah. So, you so be. proud of that. You should be. Congratulations. And, you know, and, and Hallmark did such a good job promoting the show and, 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 and everything. You know, because we were, the, the season four was two years ago. Two yeah, and, and not only that, that was six episodes too, right? And it was it's only six years. episodes. It was mm -hmm. two full seasons ago. And also, the other thing to keep in mind, uh, you know, cable is getting its butt kicked because in those two years, there's five new streaming services: mm -hmm. Disney yeah. Plus, right. Peacock, Paramount, Apple TV, 
And there's even another one I can't read, you know, cause that, but that's a lot more competition for eyeballs. Yep, you're right. So that our yeah. numbers ended up being as good as they were yeah. is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But yeah. listen, it, it, it's stuff like this though. It's stuff like Chesapeake Chats that totally helps that. Well, so I just, seriously, it, it totally does. Well, I'm, we were glad to have this landing place, you know, a place to come and talk just even amongst us as friends, mm-hmm. but then to hear other people's feedback and their, their views on the show or their mm-hmm. hopes of where the show goes. And um, it's just a really fun connecting point with um, people that you, you don't know, but you all love the show and everything. Yes. So, yeah. And, that was that's been a blast this year and we definitely are going to cover season six so mm-hmm. we we definitely want to bring <laughs> chesapeake chats back along with season six of chesapeake shores but you know any any kind of last like thoughts or, or tidbits you have from your experience from chesapeake shores this year i mean sounds like you are a hundred percent in for season six. Oh yes yes yeah you know excuse mm-hmm. me for me I, I i have this uh, computer on a on a console and if oh. I don't move it there you go I can't plug in my computer and I'm almost low on juice so it would be terrible okay. if we just went to black it will just, the screen will just go to black like the season finale oh, and everyone okay. right. what oh. <laughs> that's what we wanted hey, we let wanted. me tell you something though you know Andrew Francis I mean when they nobody knew and the cast didn't know what was going to happen until they read the script we didn't yeah. tell oh. them Okay. And, and, you know, and, and by the way, you know, but yet, you know, we told Andrew, you know, because obviously, if you go back and a lot of people do watch these episodes more than once. Right. You know, in episode eight, when everyone's in the kitchen waiting to find out what's happened to their father when Mick's mm-hmm. plane is missing. Right. Uh, Connor says, is this decaf? And she goes, yeah, it's always decaf after eight. he goes, then why am I so jittery? Mm-hmm. well that's the first warning sign mm-hmm. I didn't even catch that yeah well no that's fine but I mean for for the actor we put that in to say you're not feeling well mm-hmm. you're not feeling well you're no, there's something is. like like the, even then Connor knows aside from like working long hours and again like when Kevin teases him he goes well maybe that's because you're starting a new business that you sunk all your savings in <laughs> right right he's like, thanks bro you know but yeah. but you know, that, that was the start of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because we wanted him to be able to start to play, you know, the yeah. headaches and the grabbing of the back of the head and all yeah. the aspirin. Yeah. Um, you know, and then he played that stuff very well. Like when he first, you know, he first gets a little dizzy and then he collapses in the courtroom. Right, mm-hmm. you right. You know, but he did, you know, he, so he knew that, I mean, we, you know, he, but you know, he, actors are actors. He was like, you know, am I, do- are you going to kill me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Um, but when he read that script, he was like, wow. Wait a minute. What are you, you know, doing to me? Like, he was like, wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, the other cliffhanger, because Hallmark asked for it, and and I pitched it to FIFA and he liked it and Hallmark loved it, is we said, and this was to give David more to play. You know, David is great. <laughs> yes. Yes. Great. But he's yes, mostly right. there with Jess and he's yes. supportive of Jess and he puts up with Jess and all of her right. work. And they're wonderful together. My mm-hmm. God, their chemistry and they and they truly like like each other, you know, yeah. tell that, right? right? Um, but I said, Hey, he comes from money, he mm-hmm. comes from a blue blood Boston family. Yeah. I said, have the father call him 
out of the blue. Mm -hmm. And that's all based on Bernie Maddow, you know, the, the, oh, the, sure. the Bernie Maddow case, you know, mm. where like, you know, a top citizen, everything's fine. And then disaster. Yeah. And Carlo, yeah. Carlo was so appreciative that he got to, and I thought he hit it out of the park when he comes yeah. back from Boston mm -hmm. and the tears yeah. are in his eyes and they're oh, like, God. he's fled the country. Yeah. They yeah. had locked his businesses. He cleaned out his trust fund. I know. Yeah. Your heart just breaks for him. Yeah. Yes. And yet, you know, season six, that's a very interesting thing for him to play. Mm -hmm. You know, because yeah. even though his character always said, and, and, you know, it was very true about, like, you know, he was the black sheep of his family. He didn't care about money. Right. He wanted to be right. a chef. But hey, when you have a trust fund, you have a trust fund. I mean, that is a cushion. And, yeah. you know, and they used that cushion. As he says, okay, we need a new dishwasher. We need a new furnace. I'll go get it out of the trust fund. Right. And, and that's not going to be there. If we get right. to do it next yeah. year, that's no. a whole nother reality for that character. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And we think that's, that's fascinating. Great. We think that's a fascinating thing for their relationship. Yeah. 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 Well, that'll be good because, and I hope that that comes to fruition in season six, because Jess had this one line that I was so fascinated with afterwards, you know, she just kind of was like, what happens after the wedding? You know, like mm -hmm. what happens to a couple after, you know, you never see that. And so she was nervous a little bit about just kind of life goes on, but you're married now. And um, I always thought that kind of hung in the air for me with, with the two of them. So that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, be I, I believe Fief wrote that line, but I love that line because that's mm -hmm. so true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is a real concern for newlyweds. I think you're yes. gonna be like, I'm, I don't feel different. I just walked up the aisle and down the aisle. And I'm still me, you know, like what yeah. happens now? <laughs> like, so yeah. I think that's great. Well, well, a really fun, quick tidbit. Oh, I don't know if you, if you caught this on our podcast, but really early on when we were doing our preview, she hadn't seen a single episode. Carrie had posted and said, you know, I think that Connor is due for something big to happen to him. <laughs> Little did we know. Sorry. What that <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. <laughs> he definitely has a great cliffhanger i mean life is going on on one hand life is going really well for him new business great girl he's getting along with his father he's getting along with his family and then now his health Oof, he's 28 years old what yep. is it yeah. yeah we need so, answers mark we need answers season six he was bit, he was bit by a radioactive spider and he's now going to have superpowers. <laughs> you heard but it here. seriously um we we love the podcast we love chesapeake chats uh thank you for having me on seriously you know as i said it's not just that you guys are fans of the show you we we, we appreciated all the analysis and and your coverage of it and and it really means a lot to us well, thank you. It was such a pleasure hearing your stories and you talking to us and sharing all these tidbits. So much fun. And we know that the Chesties out there are going to have a lot of fun listening to this and hearing some of the behind the scenes fun that you shared. And I, and I, and I promise you to the second I know there's a season six, I'll let you guys know. Yes, please. Yes. Woo. We 
we will be there. We will be ready, yes. waiting for your um your information because this has been so much fun this season. And what a treat for us to finish off our Chesapeake Chats talking to the writers, talking to you. Um, thank you, Mark, for coming on this show. Best of luck to you. Everyone check out Film Freaks Forever and his monthly podcast with Fief Sutton. Um, Mark, thank you so much. Hopefully we will be talking soon. Yes, my pleasure. Take care. <laughs> thank Bye. you. Bye. Carrie. Wow, that was so much fun. Lots of new so, content. So much fun. So much it, behind the scenes content. So much insider information. No, even after we got off. Now, I think we could share a little bit of what he said because um, we had asked something we didn't get to in the actual recording of the interview was um, how do you handle all of the medical stuff? And so <laughs> they do their research. So, and they do have some connections to people in the medical field and all of that. Um, one thing he did say about um, kind of going back through social media and kind of looking through um, what people were saying, something that kind of tickled them was the fact that we all hated on the parole officer. And I thought that was just so funny. <laughs> we hate Sullivan, ew, boo. But he's just doing his job. You know, yes. he's doing a terrible, well, he has a terrible job he and he's trying job. to do the best yeah. job at it. Yeah. And they interviewed or like they talked to a bunch of parole officers to get a, a real feel for that character and building them and all of that. So anyways, yes, yeah, super fun talking to Mark and um, they hopefully fingers crossed we get a season six. They said oh. they want to come back. So we'll see them back next year. Yeah, we'll definitely have them back. We'll definitely talk with them again. We'll keep those lines of communication open because they are just rich with information and yes. experience on the show. Oh my gosh, it's their show. Of course mm -hmm. they are, you know? Yeah. So I'm excited yeah, for absolutely. that. So super fun. Hallmarkies, Chessies, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you guys had a lot of fun listening to our interview with Mark Jordan Legan, and be sure you follow us on the social medias. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Casey underscore underscore Simpson. <laughs> I changed. I know. Not hallmark yeah. my words anymore. I was like, oh, I need to be consistent yeah. on my uh, social media yeah. handles. <laughs> Well, you can come find me on Instagram at Hallmark Comics. That's Hallmark underscore comics. And I'd love to interact with you there about Chesapeake Shores and anything else Hallmark related that comes to your mind. Yes. And be uh, make sure you are tuned in to our iTunes and YouTube and Spotify and all the places you can find us because we have moved from Chesapeake Shores to Christmas land and all the holidays and all the content and you need to come back and make sure that you are following us and get some merch. We got fun merch coming. I think we have holiday merch that's coming. We have Chessie's merch. We have everything for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't like shirts, they come in mugs and tea, uh, like mugs, notebooks, pillows, random things. Go check it out at the Tea Public. Uh, follow the Harold Marquis podcast wherever we are on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And I think that's it. It's been a really long time since I've ended a show on the Hallmarkies podcast. So Carrie, <laughs> am I missing anything else? <laughs> I think you got it covered, Casey. So definitely, you guys, this was so much fun. Thanks for joining us on Chesapeake Chats. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.